back to Consuming the Craft podcast. With me today, a first-year student, former military man, probably still a military man. I mean, you were there for 28 years. Yeah, yeah. You can take the man out of the military, but after that time, can you really take the military out of the man? Probably not, but I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> trying to adjust. You no, know? so... Matthew Beck or Matt Beck, welcome. Thank you, first of all, for your service. You were a sergeant major. Yes. E nine. Yeah. You're yeah. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, like I tell you, know, it goes by fast, but it's you know, it's that fear of freedom, right? You know, you just you just keep doing it. It's and like, that was one of the things you know we talked about, and this is why I wanted to get you on the the podcast because after 28 years or you know, three or four years ago, you're like, holy shit, what what am I going to do? Exactly. Because you've been yeah. doing that for so long. Yep. And now you're trying to transition into something, to be honest, completely different. Yeah, yeah. Really, And you were saying, like, my day is scheduled. I don't have that same – I have to make my own schedule. Yeah, I've, got, I've got to figure it out now. You know, <laughs> yeah, in the, in the Army, you know, everything, we've got a training schedule, and it's we plan it six weeks out at a time. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, everything from, from 6.30 in the morning, you know, PT, physical training – all, all the way till the what's supposed to be close of business is seventeen hundred or five o'clock. Yep. Um, but everything t- you know down to the hour is is planned for us every day. Like we will take lunch from eleven thirty till one o'clock. Sure. You know, and then from at one o'clock we have this, and two o'clock we have this. So, yeah, everything and and they tell you everything you need. You know, for training events, you like. This is the uniform you need to be in. Yep. This is the equipment you this need. This is what you need to pack. You have all of this. <laughs> yep. This is how you should pack it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we when we go to training exercises to the field or to deployment, you know, in, in this bag, in your A bag, you will put these items of clothing. In your B bag, you will put these items of clothing. Well, and you're saying that, it, which was ironic because we were talking a little bit about it yesterday, is everything's written at an eighth grade level. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you smile and say that, but like, it makes sense. Yeah. Make make sure it's very to the point, succinct. There doesn't need to be any flowery language. You don't need yeah. to paint a picture. You just need to get the information across. Yeah, that way, you know that way everybody understands. You know, especially when it comes to the the manuals and the regulations. Sure, you know, it's hey this 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 is what it is. You know, and th- it helps take some of the gray area out, which is important because there doesn't need to be interpretation at times for yeah. some of those things. Yeah. So you you saw the writing on the wall. You said, "Hey, I'm going to be retired. Mm-hmm. Love beer." Mm-hmm. Yep. I love bourbon. Yep. Yeah, a Scotch enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Not a Cachaca fan, which we no, found out. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> so we've even experienced some things this semester that you probably haven't tasted before. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you've been all over the world. Mm-hmm. Why did you choose AB Tech? How did you? First of all, how'd you find AB Tech's program? Like, right. I, I'm trying to figure out how to get to folks like yourself and people that want to learn the hands-on side of of this this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a lot i mean i've been visited by 40 some odd colleges and universities within the past three or four years that want to start programs very very similar yeah, to us yeah wow. and so i now i'm now i've got a ton more competition right yeah, so yeah. how do i how do i get in front of folks oh well so for me uh, like you said um this was back around 2017 i was at fort bliss texas at the sergeant major academy and uh, a couple of years before, prior to that the army um put in a new policy that said hey 30 years. Everybody has to get out at 30 years. There's some exceptions to that. Some people that have been... Some, some people that have stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or the enli- I was enlisted and on the enlisted side, some of those NCOs that work for the people that have stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they call them nominative positions. So there are some exceptions to that, but otherwise... For the most part, it's 30 years. Thir- 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. And so I was sitting... Uh, that was 2017. So I was sitting on uh, 22, going on 23 years in the Army. And I was like, and I, I, I realized, you know, those 22, 23 years, 
man, they went by fast. Sure. Like, like I, I still feel, I still, in my mind, I'm still, you know, that 22, 24 year old kid. You, you don't look yeah. like you were in the army for 28 years. Yeah, you wow. fit, you look young. I'm, I, I got a lot of city miles apparently yeah. on me compared <laughs> to what know. you have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, my body reminds me every day. No, that every damn morning yeah. when we wake up. Yeah. It's like, no, hold on there guy. <laughs> Pump the brakes. Slow down. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was sitting there um at the Sergeant Major Academy and it, it kind of sunk in you know it's like hey you know I, I've got to start getting a, like a three or five year plan together sure. I, I knew the writing was on the wall and I already knew then that hey I, I think and make no mistake I you know 28 years I so I I love every minute of being in the army but you know at, there does come a time when it's like all right I'm I'm ready to start a, to start a new chapter sure you, you know you get a little and, and I knew when I knew it was kind of becoming my time when the alarm clock would go off and i'd be like oh god i gotta wake again up. yeah so it's 4 30 i'd hate this yeah when yeah, i started yeah. when i started using the snooze button then i knew i was like oh, maybe i need to start thinking I could, about I this i could sleep until five yeah exactly this would be great oh yeah like i sleep until 6 30 now it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's so funny but uh, yeah so um sitting down in el paso and i was like all right you know let, let's start figuring this out because if I stay till 30, even then that's, you know, six, seven years away, that's still going to come up, come up pretty quick. It, well, and you were, you were on a routine, man. Yeah. It goes fast. Yeah. That, and, yeah it just, it and, just does. <laughs> and, and everything that I had started reading about retiring from the army, all these, you know, past retirees and they're like, Hey, it takes about two years to really plan for retiring and transitioning out of the army and figuring everything out and sure. getting everything set. And so I was like, all right, this is, this is going to come by quick. My plan was, you know, graduate from the sergeant major academy june of 2018 okay get promoted hopefully quickly to sergeant major because that's all based off strength management and position so some guys wait like a year after they graduate luckily i did get promoted the month after so like the first of july i got promoted um and i was like all right to get sergeant major retirement i have to be a sergeant major for three years so i said i'm gonna do those three years and i'm gonna retire so I i had about a four or five year plan i said okay what let's figure it out. You know, what, what am I interested in? What do I think I want to do? And I started kind of running through some, through some things in my head. Um, I I was a maintainer in the army. I came up, um, vehicle maintenance, did that my whole career. Um, and I, I, you know, I love turning wrenches, but I don't want to do it for a living. I just want to You did it. No, you did it for a living. Yeah. And I said, I just want to, you know, if I'm going to turn wrenches, I'm going to do it on my own, on my own motorcycles, on my own cars. Yeah. So I don't think I want to keep turning wrenches for a job. Um, so I was like, well, you know what you say that, but now you're in this production industry that so, needs people. In yeah. The all so the time. I, but that's the thing is I, I don't mind. I, I like physical work, physical. Fit, yeah. 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 I, di- I didn't want to sit behind a desk anymore. And that, that was, I can tell that out in production. There's no way you can sit still for more than 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can see you in class. You're, you, you shift. Yeah. Like I, 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 I can't do that either. I can't, I can't sit there and just. Yeah. I like, I start falling asleep and, you know, especially yep. as you start moving up to like, like Sergeant Major, that's very unprofessional. I'm like, I don't care. You know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, quit I'm, having me wake up yeah, at 4 30 and then we'll talk. Quit making me sit here, you know, and listen to you talk, look at PowerPoint slides for yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah. But, um, which I make you do now, which yeah. is also funny. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, so there's, and, yeah. And, and that's nothing against, and I, I tell like, there's nothing against the, the presenter. No. That's just me. Like, I just, I, if I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm going to start falling asleep. No, like, I get I, it. I have to be moving. I, same way. But I'm, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. If I'm on the other side of the presentation, I'm the same way. Yeah. I was like, and, and that was kind of my thing. And, you know, as I moved up, you know, you start moving up in the army, like your positions, it, it's like mine as a Sergeant Major, it's 98% 
ad- administrative. You know, I, I'm sitting pushing in, pencils. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not something I could see no. you enjoying. And, and I enjoyed being with the soldiers and being with the bubble, as I called them. And I was like, man, I'd rather go fill sandbags and sit in these sit in these <laughs> meetings. You know, so I knew I wanted to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something where I'd be active. Sure. Um, and I was like, all right, you know, what what am I interested in? I'm like, man, I really love I really love craft beer, and I've been into craft beer um, for a long time now. Well, in the the cool thing about it is the army has allowed you to go all over the planet, mm-hmm. and you've been ex- able to experience spirits, wine, and beer, and cider, and all of these things in so many different places. Yeah. yeah. And so you've had all these great flavors, and now it kind of culminates into this. I mean, honestly, a passion for this stuff, which is really cool to see, and then you decide you told me you decided like i, I want to learn more about this yeah exactly because you're also a coffee nerd Don't, I, yeah I you're a big time coffee nerd yeah yeah I just love, by listening to you i know you're a coffee nerd yeah that's that's my tooth and i love i love craft beer and i love coffee and that's so that's like anytime i go somewhere new that's the first two things i'm looking for is where can i find beer and where can i find coffee <laughs> yeah. good good beer and good coffee yeah, yeah, yeah you know um yeah um so i was like all right you know i i and i kind of been floating that idea of getting into brewing and stuff like that before um i had this girlfriend one time when i was stationed out at fort fort liberty which used to be called fort bragg out yep. in eastern carolina um which is a great beer scene the raleigh area a lot of breweries out there a great, lot of great great beer yeah a lot of great place i mean there's and so much variety um so i guess really good distribution coming in there yeah <laughs> uh, um but um and she had asked me several times too. She's like, "Do you ever think you want to like start home brewing or getting into brewing?" And and I was always like, "Not," nah, because I know that there's a lot of. It's not just, "Hey, just you know, throw some stuff in a pot and boil it and then let it ferment." There, there's a lot of science and chemistry, and and you're learning it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, I, and so I was kind of that, almost that fear of failure. But I was like, "No, no, I don't, I don't think I could do do that," you know. And so, um, so full disclosure, my experience level coming here is, is zero other than consumption. You Which know, but, was awesome. Yeah, on the consumer side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You haven't developed any bad habits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was sitting there um, on the computer. I was like, all right, this, I think this is what I want to do. I want to give it a go. Um, and so I just did a Google search about, like, you know, what type of um, programs are available in craft brewing sure because you know we get the gi bill which pays 100 percent of my tuition gives me money for books um and 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 all that um and a lot of what i found this was 2017 a lot of what i found was a lot there was a lot of universities a lot of colleges that offered programs but they were more of like a two to four or maybe even a six week like certificate certificate program and not an actual degree um, and I can't remember if it, if I read um, like an article or something or if I just happened to see your guys' website. But I think I read an article where AB Tech was mentioned yep. that like, hey, this is one of the first institutions. Two-year two degree in the country, yeah. Yeah, in, in the United States that offers an actual associate's degree program for brewing, distillation, and fermentation. Yep. So I, you know, I, I went to the AB Tech website and, uh, and and did the search on there on the course catalog and, and uh, found your guys' page and it laid out the curriculum, you know, semester by semester. And I said, man, this is a like really detailed curriculum. And I said, so I'm, I'm, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. Um, and so I bookmarked that page. And again, this is 2017. I knew wow. I still had, a, still had a few, a few years to go. Well, our, our program started in 2013. So I'm glad that you waited till 2017. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. we wouldn't have been here. Yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, and just and then, and I just kind of you know, every so often I'd kind of come back, like make sure it's, all right, yep, the program's still going, nothing's changed. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, um, uh, it was actually about probably about two years ago, um, I actually contacted AB Tech, like student advisors, because I had questions. One of my biggest concerns about coming here was I was like, man, this looks like a really awesome program. Um, I'm sure it's 
you've got a cap on class sizes. We do. We do. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know, I hope there's not a waiting list. And I was like, and if there is, how do I get on it? Sure. Sure. Um, and, and at the time they're like, no, there's, and luckily there wasn't. And again, I called again last year, um, and, um, trying to figure out the schedule. Cause then I knew when my retirement date was going to be and when, when can I start classes and all that. And luckily for me, I retired the first of June, moved here to first of July and you guys do a, a fall start. For yeah. Me. August start. And we had a new student orientation in July. Yeah. So it was like, it just, you just transitioned right into Yeah, It was seamless. I, I couldn't believe how lucky I got with that. Like just it, that seamless transition. You didn't have any time to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, you know, I had about a month here in Asheville to, uh, to get settled and yeah, like, I acclimate and like figure out because yeah. driving here is much different than Texas for sure. Oh yeah. Cause you're driving around the mountains and boom, there's target or wherever you're yeah, looking for. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a different way. Yeah. Me growing up in the Midwest, the, driving down here was a very, very different yeah. Different experience. Yeah, luckily I've you know I've had experience in North Carolina. I spent yeah. most of my time out, but it's Eastern Carolina, yeah, which, which is a different, another. I, I, it's I, completely different area. I've yeah. heard, I've heard. I've, I was at um, I was at a brewery a couple of weekends ago, and the uh, the lady that worked there is you know Asheville area native, and we were talking about the differences between Eastern Carolina and Western Carolina. And, so yeah, a lot of difference. She's like, I don't even, I don't even mess with them Eastern Carolina. <laughs> well, it's like Eastern Central and the Piedmont, like the the. The mountain and then you get down to like the flats and then the coastal region it's it is very it's very different climate it's very different oh, like yeah. just the way the land looks and the fauna and flora it's all it's very three distinct regions yeah yeah, yeah. you know eastern carolina is very very you know like the sand hills i mean it's, it's yeah. very sandy and and it, it's it's nice i loved it out there but oh yeah I, i'm there's been times where I would spend three years there and we wouldn't see a, a single speck of snow. Well, it, it, well, it, good news for you if you like snow because it's a was it La Nina? It's like it, El Nino year. It switched this year. The historic snowfalls in this region have, well, have only been during those years. So, average snowfall in the mountains, from what I understand, is like 11 inches. This year they're predicting a lot more. Oh no. <laughs> Which you'll be fine because you're in school. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> a snowflake falls in this area, everything gets shut down. Yeah. You can't go get bread and milk at the it, like. I don't know if people are making bread and milk sandwiches, but they'll buy up all the bread off the shelves. There yeah. won't be a gallon of milk to drink, um, and people will stay home. You don't. You don't have to go anywhere. So all just right. keep that in mind. You don't have to worry about driving. I have to stock up for watch what, the weather and stock up. You, yeah, you will. Honestly, <laughs> it's funny because you'll go there and like everyone's toilet paper like you're going to be stuck in your three two days later it's all melted yeah you got nothing yeah. to worry about yeah uh, i and coming from the midwest like in iowa where we have crazy extremes i mean it could be 105 degrees actual temperature and then 40 below hmm. like that's a huge range with three feet of snow on the ground yeah that we get all four seasons here and right now it's beautiful it's fall yeah, it, it really is, is yeah. pretty yeah and then but we don't get any of the extremes it's not going to ever get super cold it might for a couple days get chilly like 20 degrees but it's that's only overnight yeah i did notice uh, like being here in july it wasn't miserable no I, I mean yeah. you get the altitude and it, like if it is a 90 degree day it's there's still a nice breeze most yeah. of the time yep. because you're up on top of the top of the hill yeah you know eastern carolina out there in your face oh it's it's like you walk out in summertime you walk out and it's at 6 30 in the morning and sweat and it's just you can't even breathe it's no, so thick it's I there so thick yeah can't do it it's yeah. like being in a cornfield in iowa in july yeah um, so you found the program mm -hmm. uh, to get back on track, and one of the things we do in the program is we do try some things. And I and I tongue in cheek said cachaça because I made you, I didn't make you. I, I you guys there had been a, a, quite a few in your class that had never had cachaça yeah, in yeah. just cachaça. They may have had the national drink of Brazil, which has cachaça in it, it was a caparina. But uh, you said that you liked bourbon. 
I do. Yeah. And scotch mm-hmm. and and beer. So today for booze clues, um, which is not blues clues. So no cease and desist. I haven't gotten it yet, but I don't think anybody <laughs> from Nickelodeon listens to. It. So I poured us something special from the uh, the depths of my collection, a little Weller Antique 107. It's a weeded bourbon. So I don't know if you know much about bourbon. I know you're a fan of bourbon, but wheat, when I look at flavor, I always look at shapes. I look at it in three-dimensional. And when we're talking rye or high rye bourbon, I always get that rye sharpness, the spike, and some of the flavor from the rye. But now, for me, a weeded bourbon is more like a soft rolling hill. So I will smell this, taste it. It is at 107 proof, so it's overproof bourbon. I know for a while you were what we refer to in the industry as a proof whore. (laughs) <laughs> you're looking for things with higher proof, but now you're, now you're, I've tried to introduce you to the flavors, right? Yeah, yeah. And so coming at beverages this semester and learning like what to flavors go to what chemical is important when you're starting to make your own stuff. Like mm-hmm. when you want to have, I want more of this flavor and this is how I'm going to go. I'm going to pick this yeast at this temperature. It's going to produce more of that. And then if I go to distill it, I'll be able to, you know, concentrate those flavors. So go ahead and smell this. Tell me what you smell. There's no wrong answers. I can't get in your body and, and hop into your nose. So it's, uh, I definitely hit the oak. Yeah, mm. it's the first, first thing right away. A little away. vanillin. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's soft. It's, it's definitely a weeded bourbon because a lot of times a high rye bourbon, and you know, we, can, we should have done a compare and contrast, but it'll have more of a, a, a spike. I, I definitely notice it's not a big not a big alcohol blast no first... even at 107 yeah. 107 proof it's not you know one of the tricks i i teach y'all is to blow in the glass real quick which gets rid of the ethanol and then you can kind of get your nose down and behind it before it really starts to become aromatic so if mm-hmm. you blow and get down in there you're going to get some coconut and oh get yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah even more yeah. yeah so you get some of those some of those flavors now the ethanol is going to come out because that's what ethanol does. It's a volatile organic compound. It's going to start to fill the head of the glass again. So if you want to get behind it real quick, a quick breath, get behind it. I get that coconut, the vanilla. Mm. And that vanilla really comes out there. You get a little, a, a little bit of floral to it as well. But it's a lewd. Mm. The tannin from the barrel is coming through. You know, it. there's a mouthfeel, there's a coating to this particular bourbon, and then it finishes really dry. I know. Yeah, it's so dry. <laughs> Spoon! So, uh, Spoon! Th- Here. Taking my breath away. <laughs> I got you a bottle of water just in case. No, thank you. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I really enjoy... I mean, I don't drink this for me. I drink it for you, you being a student. I do it for the kids. For the, it's for the It's yeah. all research. It's for the children. I tell my wife I only drink at work. I just work from home a lot <laughs> it's i don't want to drink i don't even like it anymore it's i always approach it from a very uh, purely analytical 100 uh, research yeah. uh, no enjoyment whatsoever folks no smile on my face right now but i really uh, the softness of a weeded bourbon and just the, the the rounded flavor that comes from comes from this one in particular this is a, a pretty hard bottle from what i understand to find so I'm glad I could share it with you today. What other flavors you get in there? Anything? A little retro nasal, trying to get uh, more of those flavors. I learned that at Guinness. Yeah. I learned that at Guinness when we did the uh, connoisseur experience. You know, he teaches you how to drink it. And mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like the guy that's back there, he's like, he's like, I even do a tap water now. He's like, my girlfriend calls me so pretentious. And I was like, hey. It, it, and you're going to do that with pretty much anything you put in your body now. Yeah. But I, it's, 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 it's funny. But you get so much more. It works. You get well, so much more flavors coming out. And, and, and it's your, your, your body temperature, 98.6 for most of us, 30 degrees mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, is going to heat up that, that spirit, the food, the water, whatever you put in your body. It's going to retronasally, it's going to bring more of the volatile organic compounds out. And so now, now it's you're like you're re-cementing new smells and flavors as your body temperature is going to heat that stuff up. So it's kind of neat to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, another experiment you'll do next semester is you'll hold your nose and you'll just look at the five tastes, bitter, sour, sweet, umami, and salty. And we'll hand you like it's a piece of candy and like you don't know what flavor it is. Like Jelly Belly Jelly Beans. Hmm. If you plug your nose and have one, if anybody's got Jelly Bellies at home or any Jelly Bean, really, uh, I'm not sponsored by Jelly Belly. I'm, unless uh, they want to hand me a check, then it's a whole different story. Oh, yeah, for and sure. I would be a whore for Jelly Belly. Yes, I might just take the Jelly Beans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, you plug your nose, you put the, and then you can taste the sweetness or whatever it is. You let go, and it tastes like pencils, right? They have these crazy, crazy flavors of, of those beans, but like, or, or raspberry or strawberry, whatever. And then, boom, it's right there right after you do it it's hard to do that at first because you end up sometimes choking on the jelly bean because mm. you're not used to not like yeah, breathing yeah. through your nose when you eat but uh, yeah it's like eating with a cold you don't get all the same smells and flavors and tastes that you normally would and For it sure. kind of mutes everything yeah i like how this one it's still going that flavor still it's there still trickling down yeah, yeah. 107 there's yeah. a lot going on in this uh i think it's soft i mean it makes Makes me happy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just like when I smell, I just like to close my eyes and just take me to that happy place. Yeah. And uh, they're doing a great job with uh, this particular product and everything that they make at Weller. Again, if they want to send more bottles of that, I will taste it on air. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's uh, AB Tech, you know, in Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> so thank you, everybody yeah. over at Weller. Um, that being said, what uh, what have you enjoyed in the program so far? Everything. Obviously, our, our production day is Thursday, and so that the hands-on is my favorite day of the week. So I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I went to the UC Davis Master Brewers program. The other full-time instructor, John Lida, has been on the podcast before. For those of you listening, he went to the Siebel Institute, and we took what we really two amazing programs. I can't you know take anything say anything bad about them because I, I look at where I'm sitting. Um, we took everything we loved about those programs and we, one of the things that we wanted was more hands-on experience. So even your first semester here, you having no brewing experience, you're brewing 13 batches of beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, second week, second week we're, we're making beer, yeah. which was, uh, which was awesome, you know, cause I was, I honestly coming in, I was like, man, it's going to be a while, you know, we have to learn all the, all, but I mean the second week and, and I, that's the other cool thing about is what we talk about in class during the week then we go out there on production day well, and, and put, put that theory in the practice. That's how I learn. Yeah, I exactly. can talk about stuff till I'm blue in the face, but like, this is going to smell like that. Well, th- th- then we go do that. Yeah. Like, for instance, the thing we did this week with the hops. Like, I can tell you it does this, but until you go out back there and taste it, you, you wouldn't really know. Yeah. Right? So until we, we get to experience that, you know, as a class. And the other thing about the program is a cohort model. So you start the classes in the fall with the same group of students that you, and you guys, her cohort in particular has become pretty tight knit pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great group. And that was one of the things I was thinking about last night. And I was going to mention was, I like that it's a, when I, when we did the orientation and, and uh, you talked to us about, Hey, th- this is a cohort um, and that cohort kind of concept. Um, Cause that's something we see um, 
in training in the army at least you know it's like hey um like like the sergeant major academy like i am class 68 and yeah. all of us that were there like that's our cohort cohort yeah so i really like that it's not you know okay hey this semester i'm with this group of gut people and with this next semester or you're in this class with this people and they, they, yeah. what we wanted to do is if you're strong in math or you're strong in chemistry or you're strong in theory or you're really good with your hands let's help each other out yeah let's let's understand what we can and, and you guys rely on each other i mean you guys are taking tests together and doing homework together and yeah. and, and you know it, it's you go after class hey where are we meeting up for beers yeah. let's talk about what we did today yeah, let's talk right. about how terrible he is yeah uh, yelling at us all the time out yeah. in production <laughs> yeah i mean i was just that was yesterday so there's there's 12 of us which is like really the perfect size for the class it, it is, we limit the cohort to 24 so with 24, it is a it is a bigger class. Mm-hmm. There's 12 that started this semester. There was a few more that I thought were going to be in, but at last minute, I, I, we had 16. Life happens. Yep. I understand people get sick. People, you know, we had we had four not not show up the first day, which I look I understand. Maybe they'll start next fall, but uh, yeah, 12 is a great yeah. Cohort. Just like we've got the the perfect you know instructor to student ratio to one to six, especially out there on production. It's it, it's really good. So I, that's one one model that I think works is that cohort type of, obviously it works well in, it's in the working army great, yeah. and, and then here as well, because one of the things that does is it, it helps build those, that, those connections, you know, and, and everywhere you go, the army is the same way, half a million people in the army, but it's a small world and you're going to run into people again, or you're going to run into somebody that knows you or knows people that you know. And the same, and from what I'm finding out here in the brewing industry it's a small world it's the same exact thing so the networking that this program is hopefully allowing you to do um you know with not so much this semester next semester you're going to start seeing other graduates coming in from other places and talking to you and like then you're going to be looking for your internship spot right Mm -hmm. where you're going to be applying some of the stuff you learned for the first year and you know you're going to be looking for that same fit personality wise production wise like you want to like the stuff that you're making and that's going to help you learn even more when you're doing your internship but we're going to introduce you to those folks and so now you're going to be working at a facility and you're going to be meeting other grads that have done the same thing and it's it's just a you know maybe they don't know the answer but maybe someone they work with does or mm-hmm. maybe someone from their cohort has experienced the same exact thing and then they can go to that and i have this alumni list and i've got people all over the planet now there's a guy that's working in a sakikura in vietnam Wow. There is a, yeah, there's, you know, there's people brewing and making beverages all over. And it's exciting to me because the whole plan of this entire program, which I told you at orientation, is for me to get free booze. Yeah, well, there you go. And it's working worldwide. Out great. Yeah. It's working out <laughs> great. I'm hoping that Tony from your cohort goes and starts a brewery down in TJ. Oh, yeah. Because then I could go there and drink beer on the beach, which I'm really good at that. Yeah. Um, and it would be the research that I could I could do for you guys at that point. Um, Absolutely. To learn the flavor of me drinking on the beach, looking out at the ocean. Yeah. And just, you know, like every, when I got to Asheville um, the 1st of July and, you know, I had to go and try out all the breweries, as many as I can. I'm still working on it. There's a lot here. Honestly, you and can I can't keep track. Yeah. Uh, I think, and there's a lot of like great beer bars. It's not just like the breweries. There's people that are, you know, importing some really great stuff from yeah. all over the planet. Yeah. And every time I would mention um, that, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to be a student. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm here to be a, at AB Tech as part of the brewing program. I'll tell you, everybody is like, oh, either they've heard of the program and heard how great it is, or 
somebody that works there or that they know has gone through this program. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it, it definitely, I think word about this program is, is out. You know, well, and, one of the things I can say is, um, they can't ever take your education away. Your experiences, they certainly can't, but this mm-hmm. education, once you're graduated, you'll have that for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, it, it increasingly in this side of the industry, um, where it's been in wine for a while, and uh, I don't—not so much on the distillation side of thing, but um, they're looking at like minimum requirements for these jobs, and this degree is going to help open a lot of doors depending on where you want to set up shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've sure. lived all over, so yeah. I mean, you—I don't know where your vision is. I don't know what you plan on being when you grow up, but uh, yeah, you're—you're you're going to have a lot of doors open for you. Um, yeah, and, and that's what again, kind of going back to. The- that's what brought me here. And I knew that, you know, in 2017, that this is where I want to go because it's, again, it's a, de- a degree program. It's not a, a two or six week little certific- certification. It, it, well, that- and, and, and for me, this job is very, very hands-on. I can give you a book on how to drive a car. That doesn't mean you can drive mm-hmm. a car. Yeah. And you've seen people on base that can't drive cars. Oh, yeah, all over, yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, I want you to practice out in production before I, I have you send you out in the street and drive around. And so make your mistakes here learn what's good, learns what, what, like the mistakes have been made this semester and it happens every semester that they, a lot of people make the same mistakes, but I can't tell you that until you do it because mm-hmm. I want you to taste it. So if you recognize it later, absolutely, yeah, you'll know what some of these problems are and you'll be able to, uh, to fix these things a lot faster. It makes you guys way more valuable than someone just coming off the street or, mm-hmm. oh, and, for sure. And I think that, you know, you, you raise through the ranks much faster as well is what I've seen, you know, and that's just not anecdotal. That's what I've seen with people in the industry now that have graduated from the program. Since we've been doing this for 10 years, now that people have been out for eight years doing this, right? Mm-hmm. They're running some of these places. They're they're the ones making the decisions. They're out at hop selection, buying millions of dollars of hops. Yeah. And so it's, it's neat to see how they have progressed um, from their education and then, you know, working, you know, we've it's fun teaching you guys because it's easy. You guys want to be here to learn <laughs> yeah, this yeah. stuff. It's yeah. not like it, it's no offense to the people teaching English or I art gotta, history. Got to get through this. You, yeah. you, you got to check a box. That's the, the, that. This isn't it. I mean, you yeah. guys are here because you want to be. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Thanks for finding the program and helping other other folks. Yeah, it's it's so we're halfway through the about halfway a little over halfway and it's halfway through the first yeah, semester everything i expected and more i mean it's it's a really great program so i'm i mean i'm definitely happy glad i made this decision so my plan is to check in with you next semester about halfway through okay uh and just see where we're at see what we can do and, and kind of figure out uh how we can be better and how we can tell more people about it so Thanks again, Matt. No, thank you. Yeah, cheers. And thanks for everybody listening to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff. Cheers, everybody.